0: Freya thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me today as you know we're talking to a bunch of different people about relationships and I'm starting a lot of these conversations by asking people have you been in a relationship
1: oh straight for it (laughs) at the
0: start of February I sat down with Freya an old friend of mine from the University of Calgary, and we spoke about platonic intimacy, the realm of relationships, empathy, and what uncommercialized self-love looks like. We even take some time to talk about leadership and conflict resolution within all of our relationships. And we spoke about it all as it relates to who we've been in the last year during this pandemic, and also the moments that brought us to the conclusions that we found.
1: It's so funny because I immediately want to say yes, but in the same time, in the back of my mind, it's like, no, you haven't. Because, you know, on paper, I've, I guess, never been in a very black and white, this is my boyfriend, this is my girlfriend, or, you know, so, to me, I say yes, because I, I've had experiences where I've been committed, we've both been committed, been seeing each other, but never, never the full thing. And, you know, I can put my hand up and say that it took some growing and reflection <laughs> to, you know, to uh, consider reasons and everything. But um, yeah, happy with, with everything I've experienced for the most part. So, yeah, that's a weird answer, but yes and no.
0: <laughs> it is definitely not a weird answer. It's a wonderful answer because it leads into this next question that I like to ask people because many people say, I've um, exactly what you said, I've never had the real thing, which is prompting me to wonder what is a real relationship? Mm-hmm. Especially because there are so many different types of relationships. So, when you think of a real relationship, what are you imagining?
1: I think, me, and that's why. I hesitated when you asked it because when people ask me that, I make the assumption that they want to know if I've had a titled relationship, if I've had a relationship with a significant other in a romantic relationship where, you know, we are exclusive. We, I think it's really sad, but I think the main thing that I was concerned with with that question and my answer was the title of it. Which even thinking about in this instant is kind of ridiculous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the idea of putting a title on a relationship, I agree. That a lot of people that we've been speaking to say that they don't ever actually acknowledge formally what they are to explain to other people. They just kind of know mm-hmm. that, they're
1: speaking, that
0: they're connected in some way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I definitely I see the the importance of the titles and the boyfriend girlfriend or girlfriend girlfriend boyfriend you know whoever your significant other is um Mm -hmm. i see that as important you know in in terms of being on the same page but you just said that and it's kind of the not for not to make it a spectrum but i think it's it's a lot looser than than old times that's for sure
0: i definitely agree with you i think that the way people are connecting with one another is changing Mm-hmm. especially because we have so many different uh, embraced identities now where mm-hmm. people can interact in a way where they don't have to be secretive or in these certain categories you can just interact differently mm-hmm. which introduces something which introduces the concept of platonic intimacy which is something that you're interested in yes. so so far what do you really
1: know about, about platonic intimacy uh for myself, what comes to mind immediately is, I put I put that definition in my shoes and from my perspective, and I think about some of my closest friends who, I I love with a lot of my being, but there is there isn't romantic love. Uh, so for me, platonic intimacy is loving each other and being affectionate towards each other. In ways that don't lead to romance and don't mean romance and aren't confused with it but it's accepted and there's my one of my closest friends actually comes to mind and she was in a lot of philosophy classes and you know we would I know she's my best friend in the world she knows that I'm you know hers and in one of her philosophy classes it's you have the three types of relationships and the one in terms of a best friend is when you give your whole self to that other person and they do the same. So for me, platonic intimacy has a kind of range, but that's the top range of, you know, closest, closest friend. And there's that understanding, which I think is an important aspect, but there's lots of love, lots of respect, and there's that affection as well.
0: Exactly. I think that was very beautifully put, that you can have this extreme closeness and respect and this bond that is not familiar with other people, like it's unique to you Mm -hmm. and your closest friend and you know how to share that, but it doesn't enter the realm of romantic love. Mm -hmm. And that is something very important in platonic intimacy that I feel as though when I interact with people and try to talk about platonic intimacy, they have a really hard time separating that really
1: interesting
0: yeah. and um I've noticed as well that it often the people who I'm interacting with that have a hard time separating this are usually people who are very invested in
1: heteronormative relationships mm. Okay, in the of those. makes sense immediately. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And as well, Aaliyah, I, you know, I like to think we know each other at least a little, but um, just in, you know, life. But I I was talking about this with my housemate and I bring it up with my friends, not to challenge people, but I think sharing those perspectives are important because I see sexuality as being something very fluid except that for some especially those in very heteronormative just like you say relationships or ideals or ways of thinking uh, it, you know it for people like that and obviously all due respect to them uh, I think that the more the more you are in those norms, the more you want to box and categorize and almost limit that fluidity uh for the fear of you know the stigma and going against and etc um but obviously that's just my opinion
0: (laughs) you know I absolutely agree with you actually I really do Mm -hmm. I think that sexuality is I really do believe that it's fluid and it's and it's changes it evolves as you change and mature and evolve and come to understand yourself mm-hmm. so to try to categorize who you are is I just I don't know to mm-hmm. me it seems like your energy might be better invested somewhere absolutely. else
1: absolutely
0: <laughs> and to just instead figure out how you care about others instead of how you have to present yourself as a person sexually to
1: others absolutely I yes yeah, I definitely agree. I was just going to say, it's funny that you say that because that sparks me to say this, but um, I'm straight and, you know, but in that same breath, sexual fluidity. And, you know, I like to think open minded and blah, blah, blah. But I, you know, I'm at uni. I'm I forget what year I was, but people and this is it was never it never made me bitter. I never, you know, was offended. But it always made me, it stuck with me because it made me think, but people used to call me 60-40 in terms of, oh, you you definitely, there's definitely part of your sexuality that's that's gay or that does like girls or does want to be romantic with a girl, blah, blah, blah. And I would never fight it. And I think it's because people would see how I was with my affections or my love to other women. And I think they immediately just wanted to categorize and just be like, yeah, she's gay. Or she's at least a little bit gay you know
0: I definitely understand that and again all respect I remember interacting with someone a mutual friend of ours who asked me if there's a way to know if somebody is I guess gay if Mm -hmm. if there was actually like a gaydar or whatever this was in regards to us meeting one another you and I (laughs) <laughs> and I remember this happening, actually. And I'm sure you can figure out the mutual friend. Absolutely. I say right away. Here. <laughs> right away. But... <laughs> and I was like, there's not really a way to know this. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's not a thing. But I definitely interacted with that a lot. That especially so funny. Yes. And especially in the environments that I worked in. And having the nickname Boston mm-hmm. really confused a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So people never really knew how to interact with me but I think that you and I are similar in the sense where we know what we want romantic we know like I think where our romantic intentions lie Mm -hmm. and that is more towards I guess like a straight relationship but we Mm -hmm. understand intimacy as like movement
1: Mm -hmm. I love that
0: When I was in university, I learned about the Kinsey scale in my very first year of university and I brought it into every single conversation that I would have in the years following because I loved to tell everybody that they were a little bit queer. Like it's just it's the reality of life. There's really no such thing as completely straight or as completely gay. It's just, it's not a thing. Everybody kind of moves on the scale and the Kinsey scale explains it on the scale of one to six, but it really limits a lot of factors. A different graph that arose as a response to the Kinsey scale, and it essentially pins sexuality and gender on an X, Y scale. So if we're looking at the X-axis, the right side is going to be... The furthest right is going to be male-identifying. And, and the furthest point to the left is going to be women-identifying. Now, when you look at the Y-axis, you're going to have, at the top, romantic relationship. Whereas, at the bottom, you're going to have sexual relationship or sexual attraction. So, romantic attraction versus sexual attraction and that was the biggest takeaway and that is really a good stepping stone into platonic intimacy as well because you can be sexually attracted to a certain gender and not be romantically attracted to that gender and vice versa and with the spectrum of gender and the spectrum of sexuality you can pin yourself at different places and as you grow in this wonderful beautiful life that point changes. It moves and you occupy a different space in this graph. So really, this graph shows a realm. A realm of intimacy, a realm of identity, and a realm of attraction. And I believe that it is an important way to understand relationships. Especially if we have been Especially if we have been heteronormatively conditioned. Understanding relationships as they exist today in the 21st century, so openly, in so many places, requires a lot of unlearning.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. I think terminology (laughs) and language is so, so important. I have to tell myself. Still, to say the word I'm I'm meaning to portray in in meaning rather than something that's outdated now, and I can't think of an example, but I, yeah, can can agree more. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we're on the same track. So you you mentioned earlier that you've been in kind of like relationships or just commitments with people. Mm -hmm. What are some of the big takeaways that you learned from those experiences?
1: I think it's typically the toxic relationships that you learn the most from, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, And what comes to my mind instantly is just, I made a promise to myself to never lose myself again. And that's, you know, that can be kind of vague or it can be specific. And for me, it was, I, I would park parts of myself or parts of my character or who I knew I was to please someone else and you know despite I I really value you know I've had leadership roles and um, I really I'm fascinated by leadership and then leadership is really involved with relationships so I really do value people in general um, so in those relationships I know that they're comes a point where you do have to collaborate and that may mean parking aspects of your idea etc but I just made a promise myself to just stay true to who I am and uh not not try and shed things that I can't just to make someone accept me that was that was a big one
0: (laughs) I I understand how that could be a big one so sorry when you said you value leadership Mm -hmm. how does leadership enter into your
1: relationship uh I I meant I did mean that when I said it in a separate way just in just because I've had many classes in my undergrad focused around leadership and you know I think leadership is a word that people immediately think of managerial roles or they think of uh you know, the top of a hierarchy, the hierarchy or top of a food chain, but the way that I learned it through undergrad, which I'm very kind of, I have that privilege. It was one it was my, my favorite classes. Uh, I learned it as more, more of, uh, excuse the cliche, but I ha- just learned so many life skills in that realm and I could translate it all over. So we learned conflict resolution and listening skills and I reflected on who I was as a person. So I think, bringing that into relationships um i did but not in a way that was dominating or overpowering or uh you know those kind of terms that come to mind when we hear the word leadership but in terms of we had a module in that class on apologies you better believe i used those (laughs) you better believe i used (laughs) the skills i learned for conflict resolution and you know so those things definitely overlap, but I think if someone I think of romantic platonic you know all kinds of relationships as more of a collaboration and if one is trying to lead the other throughout everything i I don't think that's healthy, no matter what um, societal norms are i I think it has to be a collaboration in my opinion absolutely. <laughs> absolutely
0: I completely agree with you a collaboration mutual effort Mm -hmm. like it has to be there and also conflict resolution super super important Mm -hmm. and I've had definitely setbacks in my past relationships just because we could not properly address conflict Mm -hmm. or speak about it and that took me a lot of learning Mm -hmm. (laughs) like a lot of patience a lot of time Mm -hmm. to learn that absolutely What are some of the things you learned in that conflict resolution and about
1: apologies i'm really interested in terms of conflict resolution we actually i remember again this is undergrad class but we were a close-knit group of 30 and we actually ended up doing some role play i remember that vividly and (laughs) it was you know we had to pretend that there's a conflict and also sorry i go back and forth when i talk a lot but with (laughs) (laughs) with, with conflict that's another thing where we think of people getting heated we think of physical violence and we think of you know worldwide conflict etc but we go through conflict every day and I didn't realize this until that class but I just remember our professor saying it is conflict when you're deciding with a partner or whoever what you're having for dinner it is a conflict when you're trying to buy a drink from Starbucks so it just shifted my mindset because and it made me realize that conflict is everywhere <laughs> because we're human beings yeah. you know so um with that conflict resolution with that role play I definitely one uh, phrase that has helped me a lot this can be for anyone who lives with people say your housemate doesn't do the dishes and it's ongoing you don't know how to bring it up and it's bothering you one phrase that our professor said to try was start off with first sentence i want next sentence i don't want so that can be so so vast with options but it stuck with me because in my mind i can say i want you to know i respect you however i don't want you to keep doing this to the day or you know what i mean so and in terms of apologies Uh, we learned this whole kind of structure for what an apology a true apology that's going to make a difference and you know keep your relationship moving forward and not have anyone hold on to it is initially like all of them you know showing regret showing remorse providing offerings of how you can make you know make the situation better resolve it and then reasoning with and describing how it won't happen again and give an example of what you're going to do to avoid it happening again and this was over a year this was a while ago i took these classes but those things stick with you and it's helped me in many relationships of all forms so that's brilliant i
0: mean i'm just sitting here soaking this in thinking about this Wow, what if I applied that <laughs> to a moment in my life when I needed it? Nate,
1: you don't—you wouldn't believe some of the examples we all have. In, and it's kind of, it's humbling because you're like, yeah, I know how to say sorry. Or I know how to solve conflict. But these are skills, right? Even respect in a relationship or there's so many soft skills that aren't taught to us unless we go out and seek it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely true wow <laughs> what, what, what were these courses I was like, I'm like on the courses I took in undergrad I did not come across it was so <laughs>
1: great and it was uh, it's, one of them was the foundations of leadership and it was, they were both in kinesiology um, so I believe those ones you had to be in kinesi- take them, but it's was by uh, or they were put on by um, a professor Carrie Dinh if you've heard of Carrie Dinh she's also my idol she's she's brilliant she really is
0: do you celebrate valentine's day is it something that's Um, important to you
1: i think honestly no (laughs) i think if i was in like we were saying before if i was in a really exclusive uh very romantic whatever relationship then i'm sure we would do something but uh i think it's just been so commercialized that i get bitter by it Is that cynical, you know? No, I completely agree. I've boycotted so many holidays. I just do not celebrate. I wouldn't say it's important to me. I wouldn't say I celebrate it, but it's significant. So I'll make sure that, for example, my twin and I are trying to send my mum and our older sister flowers or something because my twin lives in Amsterdam. I'm over here and we're very close-knit all all women so you know very uh a very close family so we're hoping to do a little something for them for valentine's but um and i might i don't know i'm sure it'll make me think of some things i can do to love myself and love the people love on the people i love so much um in not romantic ways but um yeah i'm a i'm a yeah i'm a very loving person but for a very loving person, I really don't love Valentine's Day.
0: <laughs> I understand. I'm also a very loving person, but mm-hmm. I do not love Valentine's Day. I used to celebrate Valentine's Day with my best friend oh. from high school. We used to get together and just do something every Valentine's Day. and we did Amazing. It years. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It was really nice. But I don't know. I just I don't love. The idea of going out on a date like like a romantic date Mm. i don't know why
1: that's fair enough i don't know how you feel about dates i think there's a lot of gestures that can be nice quality time means more to me but if that means doing something that we both enjoy great and we can call it a date but again i think that people and society and also myself included We love these terms like boyfriend, girlfriend, date, et cetera, because they are significant to the stage you're at, or they're significant to what's next for you guys, you know? So I think uh, dates, yeah, I think they can be fun, but I think uh, they can also, they're made to be more stressful than they could be. I agree.
0: (laughs) They they do become (laughs) really stressful. I don't know if you're similar I feel like you might be similar to me in this way where the idea of meeting somebody like the first time you meet somebody being mm-hmm. on a date and then going out with them with the purpose of eventually being in a relationship I find that a very difficult way to uh, get yes to know
1: somebody. yes I do agree and I actually <laughs> I have a a little example of this just because so over <laughs> long story short i was trying to trying to explore and you know it's covid times i'm single as ever and my friend's like you should just get bumble (laughs) we're not you know we obviously can't meet people on the streets or out and about with covid you should get bumble got bumble uh deleted it a month later (laughs) but yeah i did not these guys will hop on a date in an instant. I'm like, Haha, uh, I am not comfortable with that uh, COVID, and uh, I don't know you're all, you know. I enjoy chatting with them, but I would want to chat with a stranger or have some phone calls or have mutual friends, you know, call me old fashioned. Um, yes. And I've been on random dates, blind dates, all the rest of it. So I like to think I can speak to it. And I think even people who haven't can speak to it. An interesting world online dating, especially over COVID. People, people are going above and beyond to find, to find something. If you know what I mean. I try to avoid these
0: apps. Um, usually, when I do have them, I only have them for about a week, maybe two. Like I really can't mm-hmm. stay focused on them. And I also have a very hard time trying to get to know somebody who I, if I don't meet mm-hmm. you in person and interact exactly. with your exactly have no idea what's going on like it's just it's not I know I just put my hands in
1: the air (laughs) I know that you mean (laughs) that in because there have been so many cliches I am such an in-person person just with you talking about someone's energy and I can feel I don't know for example if someone is bsing me or if someone is upset but saying they aren't I can I can feel it I need to be in person I love I love getting to know someone through exactly through those things through the energy and maybe if there's a mutual friend getting getting the inside scoop people's energy like you can tell when somebody's bsing
0: you or when somebody is sad and they're they're Mm -hmm. acting like they're not do you think that maybe you are an empath Uh,
1: everyone well people close to me say that i am i guess i would say so i just think that i know of people who are so high on that scale that i'm like oh i'm nowhere near that kind of level of it but I think in the basic sense I would say so and there's been times where I guess I've proven it to myself which is a good feeling and I think it's within everyone it's just how much you tap into it and that's when you know talking Mm -hmm. of you know platonic intimacy or intimacy romantically you can you can feel when you have a connection with someone
0: Absolutely. I agree. Now, another thing I want to bring to attention, because I interact with people quite often who ask me if I consider Mm. myself an empath as well. And I'm noticing these similarities between us. And I'm also noticing something that I guess I haven't been able to address with anyone else that I've spoken to. But do you think that your closeness to people and your ability to sense how people are feeling do you think it's related to being a twin because I know oh my that my gosh, twin and I you're spend a twin lot of time too to just like, <laughs> Yes just like connecting to each other we can yes. feel each other's energy we know what's going on and my twin is very receptive to the energy around him as well like he will take in whatever's going on he can tell the situation he <laughs> yes. can empathize with people like he's so emotionally intelligent in these different ways and we are incredibly emotionally intelligent I've never another
1: ever thought that that could be a factor because I you know her and I would joke about telepathy and everything between each other but even separately with our own communities her and Amsterdam me here we definitely feel it away from each other yes my aunt yes (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it's freaky but there have been times like I don't know if you know but you know I played basketball at UFC Mm I had two shoulder surgeries, rehab really well, came back as strong as ever, was getting my mojo back and in one of, uh, it was a game at U of A uh, in 2017 and I was so ready for this game, I was playing okay and just like getting the feel for the game again and there was just this like kind of a freak hit that would have ruined a normal shoulder. And so that meant I had to have my third surgery, blah, 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 career ending, blah, blah, blah. But oh before goodness. that game at U of A, Rianne, my twin, didn't want to say anything. But she was like, afterwards, I told her, that, I told my family the next day what had happened. And obviously, they were upset for me and et cetera. But she was like, Frey, I didn't want to say anything, but I had a bad feeling. I had a bad feeling about you and you playing this game. So that happened. And there was another time not too long ago, maybe a year. Oh, wow. I not, maybe a year or so ago i i honestly cannot remember what happened but something really upset me and you know me fairly well i i'm lucky enough to be fairly high in my kind of my energy in every way most of the time but something had happened and i was really sad mm-hmm. and uh i felt like that most of the day then you know I'm not really a crier, but I remember crying a fair bit, and the next morning, Rianne called me, and she was like, Freya, I couldn't sleep all night. I don't know what was going on with you, but you, can you just quiet in your thoughts? Like, what, what was happening? Like, what was going on? And she's like, she usually sleeps so soundly, but she had, again, had a feeling something that was wrong with me. Um, so yeah, that's definitely twin yes. things. Yes. <laughs> I can really yes.
0: resonate with that That will happen all the time With my brother and I Like I'll be feeling sad And I can't explain why And he'll message me Or I'll message him And something's going on in his life That's making yes. him feel upset Like he's dealing with something Or vice versa That oh happens gosh. so often Or the other night This actually just happened Two nights ago I was sitting here And I was thinking about Because I didn't get to go home mm-hmm. for Christmas I didn't get to see anyone I ended up oh my spending gosh, Christmas alone yeah. In my apartment so I've been alone for a long time because of COVID because I live in a different city Mm -hmm. than everyone in my family so um, I was just feeling kind of sad and down and I was seeing my family posting pictures of the things they were doing together and then my brother just randomly texted me being like, "Oh, I miss you
1: and I was like,
0: but this happens so often or when we first moved away from one another we would FaceTime all the time and we'd facetime at random times in the day and this would happen so often he'd facetime me or i'd facetime him and we'd both be in a staples <laughs> in a different city <laughs> like in walmart no in a different city or we're both wearing the same colors and <laughs>
1: so love it, we would just that. think of each
0: other and we were in to the same that. places do you know
1: wait as soon as you said that about the outfit part two <laughs> rianne rianne posted this gorgeous photo and she's uh drinking wine on a rooftop over a sunset in amsterdam like what a what a yeah oh, yeah ideally like right but um i <laughs> liked it and commented whatever and then i zoomed in and i called her right away and i was like Rianne, look what i'm wearing right now and we both had black jeans we both had our dms we both had a red scarf in our hair and a white top like down to the detail we were like oh that was that was a big one <laughs> that's so funny that happens. oh my gosh so i feel often. like if people listen to this part oh. just gonna be like oh these twins they just don't get it they don't they can't they can't annoyed. get it sorry everyone who's not a twin <laughs>
0: it's so hard to explain it's so hard to explain like it's, you've mm-hmm. always had one another you've never existed a different exactly. like independent from one another in a sense like Always had that connection, so I I wonder if that impacts like. I'm gonna I really I'm gonna try and find
1: some research. I'm gonna I'll send you some scholarly articles if I find anything. <laughs> <it. laughs> I'm excited to learn
0: more. There's not a lot of research I think around twins. Like there's mm. a lot of like speculation, but I don't think there's actually a lot of research that's be. done. Maybe on yeah.
1: it. maybe we should start it. It'll be qualitative. You know what?
0: Maybe we could
1: but it would be quality <laughs> <laughs> that was awful I'm sorry I didn't mean it <laughs> it was so
0: good it was so good uh, anyways um, I won't keep you for too much longer we've already been talking for almost 45 minutes so are there any other points that you want to bring up or things that you want to share or talk about briefly or any questions um... that you have
1: I do have one question for you and then one other thing I guess I wanted to touch on. Uh, My question for you being is that what is it I feel like I know the answer but if you don't mind in words what is it that draws you to this kind of work to these kind of interviews to this topic area?
0: I love like I just mm-hmm. love, love I love caring about people. <laughs> I love listening to people express the way that they care about others and um I have never really been besides one relationship I've never actually been in a very like like in a substantial mm-hmm. long-term relationship. I've moved around a lot. And that resonates times 102.
1: I'm the exact same, yeah.
0: Yes. So moving so much and then even as a as a young kid I was in like all of these different environments and I never like molded myself to a clique or a certain group I was everywhere I was trying to connect with all of these different people and build these different relationships and because of that I just I don't know I I once had a stranger come up to me. So I used to, this is what really set me into the direction Mm -hmm. of learning about relationships and how people interact. I was working at a Mm -hmm. gas station when I was in high school and I had a stranger come in and he was very sad and upset. And I was trying to talk to him and and I could tell that he was sad and it was just us. It was towards the end of the day. And he told me that he doesn't live in the city anymore. And he said that he only comes through once a year on the anniversary of his daughter's death to leave flowers and after talking with him and everything he he paid for his gas and he he went outside and he came back in oh. and he brought me a rose and he said that it was the first time that somebody made him like feel like smile or think oh about anything gosh. positive on that day and he said to me i don't know if anyone has ever told you this but you have a way of speaking to people like you've known them oh your entire my life God. And that moment made me like really think about the way we impact the people around us. And I really want the people around me to feel loved and cared for, even if it's just like a random meeting and I may never see them again. And I grew up in a home mm-hmm. where like, I grew up with a single mom. but She was always working, very busy. Mm-hmm. I, was, I spent a lot of time alone. So I try to really build substantial connections yes. with people, even if they're brief. And just to know that they could impact others, you know, yes. leave your mark in places. So I'm really drawn to listening to the way people care, but also showing people that there's like so many ways mm-hmm. to build love mm-hmm. without having to be romantic. Oh
1: my gosh, that was so beautiful. That story, that explanation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and resonates times a bajillion. That's a that's a good number, a good quantifiable number. <laughs> You make so much more sense to me now in an articulated way because I've always... It sounds really, maybe it sounds creepy, I've always known these things about you. I truly (laughs) have. We've never talked about it. People, and I have one good friend in mind, used to always say that I love too much. Maybe that's the kind of platonic or romantic, hopeless romantic (laughs) that I am. But um making a difference to people's day resonated so heavily and I think it's honestly such a gift having this conversation, this interview, this recording everything with you right now because I feel myself feeling lifted because COVID definitely put a little dampener on that part of myself I think because I'm so used to you know having these um, in-person exchanges and even I, I remember at the beginning of COVID, I, I missed strangers. I missed, I miss exactly that. Just smiling at strangers on the streets or, yes. you know, oh, all of it.
0: I completely okay. agree. I completely agree. A habit of mine that I know some of my friends find a little bit annoying, but when I go anywhere in customer service and I have the opportunity to speak to somebody like a cashier or somebody working who probably has so many unpleasant interactions, I just become so engaged and start asking them questions yes. and learning about them and they <laughs> light up, you know? And I genuinely miss that, I miss that is... so much.
1: Oh my gosh. So I get what you mean. I, I can I will never forget. I don't think I will ever forget that story that rose and that man (laughs) Um, well I'm glad I oh earlier when I said that there was one more thing I wanted to talk about uh, I think I was saying this to my housemate the other day we were just talking about self love and uh, taking care of ourselves and um, because I think my friend was speaking to you know take care of yourself being a full-time job and it never ends and it is so true and it just made me think Mm -hmm. about uh the kind of I wouldn't say romantic but and not not necessarily sexual but being intimate with our love for ourselves and being very intentional with it I just wanted to I guess talk about Mm -hmm. self-love but that has become such a cliche that you know you whack on a face mask you put a bath bombing and and hey you're a new person and that's how you love yourself um and that is it's such a yes <laughs> i think it's it can become toxic especially with how again how that can be sold especially to women um just because men i don't think are targeted in the same way in the beauty industry it's you know a lot of it's corrupt a lot of the advertising is still corrupt despite the progress but anyways that's the whole other thing <laughs> but um yeah but just that the self-love of also staring your demons down and uncovering things that you've buried deep and I think that COVID allowed a time for us to not only slow down but it gave us so much time with with ourselves and with our own thoughts that it exposed a lot for everyone and it also exposed the people who may be extroverted or may even be introverted but you know and i obviously not obviously but i've had hard times and everyone struggled through covid too but i think it exposed the people who cannot or choose not to delve deeper into that maybe hairier uglier side of Self-love.
0: I definitely agree. I was forced to interact with myself during this lockdown in a way that I'd never really thought of before. And I learned a Mm -hmm.
1: lot about me that I
0: hadn't realized. And I felt like I was unfamiliar to myself for a very long time. And I took some time to really disconnect from the things around me to figure out who I was if I was not an outlet if i was mm-hmm. not doing this if i was not going to this place if i was not talking to these people
1: mm-hmm. what bo- 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 boils
0: down exactly like what boils down who are you fundamentally mm-hmm. and do you like who you are <laughs> fundamentally so a lot of self-love for me um i guess like mm-hmm. previously i'm going to share a really quick story but in 2017 no sorry at the end of 2018 i started this thing where I just stopped Hmm. looking at reflections of myself I didn't take photos of myself I didn't look at my reflection when walking down the street in like a a window I covered the mirrors in my home so that I got familiar with the way like my face felt if I was getting ready I this is when I cut off all my hair I'm not sure if you saw me at this point but I (laughs) cut off most of my hair so that it was super easy to style and I just tried to I don't know like I spent a lot of time forgetting mm-hmm. what I looked like as a consequence of this. And I made it a habit that went on for a few months. And then I moved abroad and still was kind of adopting that, not really spending too much time looking at myself, not taking photos of myself. And then one one day, <laughs> not one day, it was a big day, Christmas Day, I was saying mm. I was in Rome. And there was we were having a dinner with all of the people who were working in the hotel that I was working at and we took a big staff Mm -hmm. dinner or staff portrait at dinner and I obviously I looked at it after that was the first time that I'd looked at myself in months and I was shocked I like my jaw dropped and I was like is that me and everyone's like oh my god what do you mean you're beautiful what are you talking about and I looked at myself and I was like if this is what I looked like all along wow. why have I been so hard on myself? I, it was the first time in my life that I looked at myself and I was like that's a beautiful oh person, that's a happy person, that's a fun person. And obviously like living in Italy incredible like as you should. <laughs> wine. so it's not like I was the yes and it's like like my body had changed everything about me had changed and Amazing. I liked myself. So then I started just changing the way I thought about myself and especially the way I thought about my body and the way I thought about how I interact with people and I realized that my self-love came from just liking myself like Mm -hmm. I didn't have to be absolutely head over heels all the time though I do Mm -hmm. feel like I'm quite in love with myself at this point but I just had to like myself I had to like my own company enough to let me be present in the rooms that I was in. That is powerful and yeah so that changed my frame of reference a lot and I just became less consumed with the outside exterior negative influences and thought more about how I feel and how that makes others feel and how the environments I'm in make me feel and then spending time alone I'm now Mm -hmm. living alone in my own space and just taking time to be okay with my choices and my (laughs) self-love doesn't come down to putting on a face mask like so many people it's being like you know what that choice was an okay choice it's already happened what's going to happen next like letting myself Mm -hmm. be okay with what I've done
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) that makes me think so many things I don't even know how to respond because (laughs) that was beautiful and I that is such a what a journey that could have been an art piece on its own, but you don't have to showcase it because you know, you were the only audience (laughs) that it really needed, right? The other day I was just thinking about, uh, I was was thinking about substances in general and you know, what people typically do to unwind, whether it be alcohol, whether it be a joint, whether it be etc. And my twin Mm. actually speak of again, did a complete dry January, and she was just talking about her experience there. But I think throughout COVID and you know up until now, I think I've been trying to be easier on myself. And when you when you change the self love and you change it, you just said about self like that was I love that um, because for myself, I've always I mm-hmm. put a I wouldn't say pressure, but I guess being an athlete most of my life my relationship with food and my relationship with substances and sleep etc COVID forced me to relax (laughs) and that kind of yeah and that turned (laughs) into self-love for me because I I put less pressure on myself to think that there's a way of doing things perfectly because you know COVID again made me or made us it forced us to just do what made us the most comfortable do what you know gets you to tomorrow in with with ease (laughs) with grace if you will so I guess I guess my habits have just evolved into not questioning what my body wants so much Uh, and whether that be in what I put in it um, what I look at what I consume in media things like that so i think for me i don't really have practices that i go to religiously i just i try to allow i try to be more mindful of how i make decisions for myself because i used to be very much you know i used to be selfless almost to a fault people would say because i would not put myself first anything and I was always compromising and and that wasn't just in relationships in my adult life that was even as a child and growing up yeah and again I would never do it in a bitter way but I've definitely come to know myself um, and my younger self as being someone who would put people pleasing and put compromise above any need of my own so my self-love kind of has evolved into being conscious of what i'm doing and why i'm doing it from whether i'm setting an alarm in the morning to whether i'm keeping someone in my life or not because i used to keep everyone no matter what they did what you know their actions their words their broken promises, whatever it was um but now i i'm still very forgiving but i definitely i'm i'm getting better at putting people at arm's reach so yeah my My self-love practices are definitely more around uh, just my constant metacognition around why I'm making the decisions I am. Sorry, that was (laughs) long-winded.
0: No, that was lovely. That was wonderful. Just listening to you explain Mm -hmm. your journey towards being intentional towards yourself, that is so important and it is so good to be in a place where you can recognize that you are building the environment that you want and that includes certain people that includes certain habits certain experiences certain feelings and
1: if people Mm -hmm. don't align with
0: that not trying to compromise to make room
1: for what isn't totally the best and it's a journey I'm on the journey I have not perfected that art just yet
0: I think that the, all of the things that we do today, it's all a journey. Like It's the rest of our lives. We're just figuring it out, the foundation.
1: Every part of what you were saying resonated or made me think. And, you know, it's COVID times. We have to keep our our brains going and our souls fired. So this definitely did that. So I'm very grateful for you. So thank you.
0: I'm Aliyah Aluma. Thank you for listening.